it really does feed our faith. And uh, we're starting a brand new series today entitled Dream Big. Going to go ahead and jump right into it. <clears throat> I want to have us out at a decent time. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get out of here on time, but we'll see. Year two. And so God put this, this series on my heart about two weeks ago, actually. We were scheduled to start the series entitled The Other Guy. And so we pushed The Other Guy back for about three to four weeks here. That series is going to be on the Holy Spirit. going to be a, an extremely powerful series. But about two weeks ago, the Lord said, I, I want you to talk about what it looks like to dream and to dream big. And um, so the tagline here is dream big and live bigger. Dream big, live bigger. I got three goals here during this series. Number one, I want to inspire, inspire you to dream big. I want to inspire you. <clears throat> Number two, next week we're going to instruct you on how to get a big vision and a big dream from God, what that looks like. So today is like a broad overview as a matter of fact, today is entitled The Anatomy of a Big Dream. And then week three, and I'm not going to tell you how long the series is going to be, but it may be three weeks or so. I want to um, encourage you as to how to initiate big living. And it all starts with our mindset. So God said that my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so there's a good chance that God has revealed a big vision to you. There's a real good chance. He's, he's shown you something huge, um, something out of this world. And I'm not talking about uh, anything that you can kind of make up, not fantasy, but something huge, something real. Uh, something practical. And so, be it wholesome relationships or fulfilling your God-given purpose, God has shown you these things. Uh, be it financial blessing. I know a lot of us, we, we think about what, what it would look like to go to our bank account and, and look at it and say, man, wow, it doesn't matter if, if I don't get a paycheck for another 24, 36, 48 months, I'm good because the margin is there. I know many of you have dreamed about being financially uh, set. Uh, Big dreams of making a difference, um, having an impact in the world. I believe that God has shown you big dreams. And you've got to begin to dream bigger than what you're dreaming. I call it low fruit sins. A lot of us, we're focused on fruit that's fallen from the tree. It's already rotten, and we're just eating low fruit. And it's our mentality that keeps us there. So like I said, week three, we're going to deal with mentality. Next week is going to be super cool. It's going to be entitled The Book of Dreams. I'm going to show you my personal book of dreams. And it's been such um, a rewarding process to walk with Jesus for 12 years and to know the power of writing out your God-given dreams. And then, you know, I got my list and my pages, and I'm able to look at those dreams of times past and see where God has been faithful and check them off. But then on the other side, I see hundreds of other dreams, 
specific, broad, detail, not so detailed, but I see all these other dreams that he has not performed yet in my life. But the simple fact that he's performed these past dreams tells me that these other dreams are going to come to pass. And so when you dream big, it keeps you from eating rotten fruit because it's not worth it. I think something happened with Eve. This isn't even in my notes, but something happened with Eve when she was tempted by Satan. She lost her vision. She lost her foresight. And all she could see was the temptation that was in front of her. And uh, she ate, and it actually got worse when it should have gotten better. God has given you a dream. He's given you a dream. You, you can be free from that addiction. And you can find fulfillment outside of that addiction. Be it alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography, you can be free from it and find fulfillment in it. You've, you've actually seen yourself free. And so weeks two and three, we're going to show you practical ways as to how to uh, get towards that big dream. But like I said, I'm going to give you an overview today. Uh, when I think of big dreams, I think of a lot of people in the scripture, but more specifically a guy named Abram. God changed his name to Abraham a few years after he called him. Abram was an unbeliever. He had knowledge of who God was. Uh, Abram was from Ur of the Chaldees, uh, modern-day Iraq, 1800 B.C. And so God called Abram. Abram was raised by an idol worshiper. Abram's dad actually created um, statues for idol worship. Abram was far from God, but he was chosen by God and given a big dream by God. So that just simply tells me it doesn't matter where you are in life, how far, how close you are to God. God is interested in depositing a big dream into your spirit. Now, come on now. Y'all know I'm usually tough. So next few weeks, it's going to be straight encouragement. And so I need your faith. I need your responses. I need you to take notes. I really need you to capture this series because it can be life-altering for you. I want you to go back in a few years and say it was this series, the Dream Big series, where I started to dream, I started to pursue my dreams, and it's because of this series, it's because of the promises of God, it's because of the Word of God that I am now living in the dream. So I really need your faith during this series. He was far from God, but God chose him. Far from God, but he chose him. And God calls him and he gives him a cataclysmic dream. And so we just celebrated two years and all that. Personally, for me, I'm, I'm grateful for all the thanks and the amazing stories and the gifts that I can't wait to get home and open. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it, but you know, this is only a portion of the dream. Man, two years, 250. Just a fraction. Just a fraction. When you talk about 20 locations across this region, 10, 15, 20,000 people meeting to worship Jesus, 250 is just a fraction. You're just, you're, you, you just got like a fraction of it. So God gives Abram this dream. And so we're going to start in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 7. And it says this here. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, the name Abram means exalted father. So Abram right now is 75 years old. He is a father figure. He does not have children. 
He's going to eventually change his name to Abraham, which is father of multitudes, in which Abraham is the progenitor of the Christian faith, Judaism, and Islam. So the reason we're sitting in this room is not because of Pastor Joshua. It's because one man had the wherewithal to catch a dream. Almost 4,000 years ago. And, And trust God and step out in it. And it says this here. Leave your native country, your relatives, your, fam- your father's family, and go to a land that I will show you. A lot of times the reason we can't catch God's dream is because we're, we're bound in routine, hardships, and comfort. And so the first thing God tells this non-believer, he says, leave. You have to get from around the people who aren't dreaming big. Okay, and so he says, I know you love dad, but you got to go. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. It's the reason why you can't hate on someone who has a dream. They're unstoppable. When you have a dream, you can say what you want to say about them. You can feel the way you want to feel about them, but you ain't going to stop them because they have a dream, and it's anointed of God. When you have a dream, you become unstoppable. When you latch on to your God-given dream, nothing can hold you back. You become unstoppable. And it says this here uh, with contempt. All families on earth will be blessed by you. You got to catch this. This is a messianic prophecy about Jesus Christ. All families upon the earth will be blessed through you because the Savior of the world is going to come through you. And it says this here, verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth. Verse 6, Abram traveled through the land of Shechem. Uh, There he set up a a camp beside the Oak of Moray. And at that time, the the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. There's so much to preach through here, but I got to do an overview. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there. And uh, he dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, let's go to Genesis 15, 1 through 7. Genesis 15, 1 through 7. And we're going to read, it says this here, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. Verse 2, But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, What good are all of your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in in my household, will inherit my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Abram is saying, okay, you you called me to follow you. You said I'm going to have kids, but it's, it's been a few years. I don't have any kids yet. What's going on? So God called Abram at 78. Isaac, the promise, his son, did not come until Abram was 100 years old. So it takes time. And it says this here, verse 4, Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir. It takes time. We'll talk about that over the next two weeks. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. 
Now, they, they teach us scientifically that if we, with the naked eye, were to look up into the stars, if we were to take some time and just stare up there, which I don't know who does that with the naked eye at night, they say we have the capacity to see about 3,000 stars with the naked eye, when in essence there are billions up there. So God is saying, look, I know you don't have a son now, but the naked eye is known to lie. You cannot look at what you see when I'm trying to download a dream into your soul. So I need you to go outside and take a look at the stars. And this is what it will be. It's going to be huge, even though you see nothing. It's going to be a lot, even though you see nothing. And he says this here, uh, verse 6, And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. You don't receive salvation for your works. You don't say, I'm going to stop drinking and then come to God. No, God loves you. All it takes is faith in Jesus Christ and you are saved. So Abraham believed the Lord and counted him as righteous because of his faith. A lot of people will ask, how did you get saved before Jesus came on the scene? Well, it's always been by faith. Salvation does not come through the law. That's a different message. Verse 7, it says this. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. One man receives a big dream. Massive in quantity. Indescribable in quality. I'm talking to the faith-filled people today. Massive in quantity, indescribable in quality. One man. One man. Massive in quantity, indescribable in quality. So I want to give you an overview. Like I said, point number one today is this. Big dreams come from God. Big dreams come from God. Joel chapter 2 verse 28 says this. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. So that word is to declare the word of the Lord. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. So God is saying in the, in the last, in the, in the end days after Christ, Christ has died, he's resurrected, he's in heaven, he's sent his Holy Spirit. He says in the end days, we're living currently in the end days. He said... Your sons and daughters will declare the word of God. They will dream dreams and see visions. That word here, visions, is, is referred to as uh, an, un, an unveiling of sorts. What God has once kept secret, he's now going to unveil and show to you. God, God wants to begin to make clear to you that dream that he has for your life. But it's all founded upon if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. I can't speak to you if my spirit is not in you. So you can come up with things. You can become successful. But it doesn't mean that your success means anything to God. So what you want is a dream and a vision from God. Because that's the best place to be. 
So he says, I'm going to begin to unveil things to you about your marriage, about your purpose, about your children, about your business, about your journey, about the body. I'm going to begin to unveil and make it very clear to you because I know you better than you know you. I know what I created you for. I know what I created you to do. I know the gifts that I put on the inside of you. I know the desires that I put on the inside of you. And as you just allow me to fill you up, as you allow the word of God to fill you up, as you allow what's been revealed to fill you up, I will unveil what is concealed specifically for your life. But this is the problem. I cannot, that's, that's, we clap that up. That's the problem. I cannot speak to you unless you get into the revealed will of God. So you got to get in this. You got to pray this. You have to declare this so that you can begin to have dreams. You got to. Because there are a lot of different philosophies and the world has a dream for you and this girl and this man and this woman and this celebrity and this company and this organization, this. And, th- and so we just, we just become robots and we find ourselves right here and in this and we're like, oh, yeah, that's my vision and that's my dream. And before we know it, we've expended 20 years on this thing. We're 40, we're 50, we're 60, we're 70, and we're like, I never really felt that fulfillment. I never really felt that purpose because God never had a chance to reveal his dream to you. You never caught it. You know what it was to make a paycheck, but you never caught that reveal, that concealed will for your life. So it comes from God. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 says this. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those, this is the key, who love him. I've come to find out, because I told you I got my book of dreams. I'm going to show you next week. Show you next week. And I, I got some, some spooky things in there. Spooky meaning very good, very, like, out of this world. Almost kind of like, I don't know if that's God. But the thing about it is, when you know you love God, you can dream anything. Because you're not afraid. And this thing I also want to share to you, with you is big dreams from God have a habit of coming true. Big dreams from God have a habit of coming true. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has your mind imagined the things that God has for those who love him. So if that's the case, let me just, what did I say last Sunday? Let me get dumb, stupid with my faith. Let me get dumb stupid about my marriage and how fine my wife still going to be when she's 70 years old. And can, can I just say, let me encourage you single people. Singleness is not a disease. It is a gift to be single. You, you can dream big right now. You don't have to wait until you're married. You can start to write, and dang, I'm going into week two. You can start to write in detail. Now, be realistic now. Don't, he need to be a millionaire with muscles, a Ferrari, 
lifetime membership. We need to get in Disney for free. Come on now. Like I said, none is. Uh, does he love the Lord? That's number one. Let's start there. I can't find nobody because they don't exist. And if they do, there's something wrong with them. And it says this here, verse 10, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Now, Paul is saying by his spirit, this is the other guy. He's talking about when you get saved, you receive the spirit of God. And what, what the spirit of God begins to do in your life is seek out the deep things from God for your life. So, so, so there's no way I can conjure up a dream that's not from God and expect it to come true. If I'm not walking and living in the spirit. And living in the spirit looks like I found a local church and I'm planted. I make time for my Bible every day. I make time for prayer every day. I repent of certain characteristics about me every day. That's walking in the spirit. And as, as God sees that you're growing in character, he's like, wow, I found someone that, that I can trust with a big dream. But if you're not living and walking in the spirit, you're going to be right there in that routine, stuck in that hardship and stuck in that comfort for years. And you'll never know what it's like to live a big dream because you didn't start with the spirit. Sometimes, oh, Jesus, here we go. Sometimes living in the spirit means sacrificing a vacation and fasting for seven days instead of leaving town. I want to, God, where are you sending me? What are you doing? What's your vision for my life? God's like, can you, it's this season right now. I need you to be still. I just need you to be still because I want to speak to you. Big dreams come from God. I also want to say this. It says, never seen, heard, or imagined. If it's never been seen by you, if you've never heard it, or if you've never conjured it up in your mind, there's a big chance that it's from God. I also want to encourage you with this. Dreams are practical and supernatural. You need to write that that down. Dreams are practical and supernatural. So if, this, if it's this thing, I wake up one day and in my bank account, there's five million bucks. Chances are it's not going to happen. But to dream that you can have financial margin and to first start with putting God first with your tithe, then to work a budget, then to have a five, ten-year plan laid out, five million may not appear in your account when you wake up in the morning, but it may appear in your account in 2028. Because dreams are supernatural and practical. Because what God is saying is, is that the big dream has a lot to do with what you do with it. I will create the opportunities. I will give you the wisdom. I will create the connections. I will give you my word. I will give you my spirit, but you're going to have to walk it out. You're going to have to go through the hard times. 
You're going to have to make some decisions. You're going to have to let go of dreams that you thought were from God, but they were not from God. Because my dreams are practical and supernatural. Why are God's dreams practical and supernatural? Because by the end of your life, God wants to be able to say, it was me that worked through them, and I left an imprint in the world through their lives. So, so people will be able to see, man, I know that person loved God, but you know what? They didn't just wake up one day and step into their dream. I actually saw them be faithful to God for 10, 15, 20 years, and now they are where they are. Now they're living in their dream because dreams are practical and supernatural. It requires school. Sometimes a big dream requires quitting your job, moving to a different state, moving to a different city, applying for school, even when you haven't been in school for 20 years, coming back home to your wife, working that thing out, being single for 20 years until God sends the right person, not being desperate for the wrong people because they're just going to keep breaking your heart. But that's not God's dream for your life. God's dream for your life is love. It's joy. It's fun. It's pure. It's good. And it's just, oh, it's just good. So you got to make some decisions because the dream is practical. Right? God said, he told Abram, I will make you. Point number two is this. Big dreams grow you from the inside. That's a part of the anatomy of a big dream. It grows you from the inside. (laughs) In my book of dreams, hopefully for you as well, one of my big dreams is to have a great marriage. If I'm going to have a great marriage, you know where a great marriage starts with me. I understood before I got married that the quality of my marriage was not going to hinge upon my wife. Because as the man of the house, I set the tone for everything. And she follows suit. So if I want a great, a lot of us, we want a ceremony. We'll spend 50000 on a ceremony, but it's been 50 cents on our marriage. Which one is more important? I dream of a great marriage. Well, I got to grow in communication. Honesty. We have a date night every Monday night. The first 30 minutes are reserved for, for where do I need to change? This is going to hurt. I don't want to hear it. I'm hard-headed and I'm stubborn, but if you tell me, I'm willing to change. Because we got the same name on the front. I'm number one, you number two. We got the same last name on the back, and baby, we want to win a championship. I just researched this. Married men have greater sex. Married men are nine times uh, as likely to, oh, yeah, they have greater sex. If your kids should be back there if they're in here. Y'all don't want to talk. Y'all want, to, y'all want a proper church. Y'all don't want a real church. Let me get that, the right finger. All right, sorry. That's jacked up. Uh, <laughs> All right, sorry. All right. Married men have greater sex. You're nine times as likely to be a, bi- a business owner if you're married. You're nine times less likely to die with debt. So if this is what I'm working towards, I have to change. 
Your big dream could be a stay-at-home parent. I'm not saying that you're going to reach thousands of people. But maybe your life is devoted to your children. Are you supporting them? Do you affirm them? Do you celebrate them? Are you putting them in environments, faith-filled environments, where they can uh, create relationships with real people, cool people who love Jesus, who inform their process? That, that's when you're going to get a world changer once they leave the house. For me, I wanted to lead an amazing church. And I, I quickly found out that leadership is different than management. A lot of us lead with a management mentality. We got to meet our quotas. We got to look at the sales by the end of the quarter. Got to look at the budget sheet. Leadership has nothing to do with tangibles. You don't get people to quit their jobs. You don't get people to leave their families. You don't get people to, to move hundreds of miles away to a city that they've never been before by telling them what to do all the time. This is what you got to do. This is what you have to do. This is what you will do. Can I just reveal something to you? Leadership is all intangible. It's inspiration. It's relational equity. I'll t- let me tell you something. If you want to get a promotion at your job, be the person that brings gift cards to your boss. Be the person that pays for the coffee. Be the person that pays for the lunch. Be the person that sends the positive email. Be the person that shows up 10 minutes earlier. What are you doing? Your boss is here, you're here, but you're, you're doing, this is what the, the, the concept or the principle is called. It's called leading from the bottom. So I, I had to grow in my leadership. A big dream will grow you. Why? Because God can't give you a big dream if you don't have the capacity to hold it. He can't give you a big dream. You got to have the capacity to hold it. World-class church. I want us to be the best of the best. Number three, a big dream expands your influence. Try to get us out of here in five minutes. Influence is the power and capacity to alter the actions and behaviors of others. What did he say? He said, you will be a blessing. Those who bless you, I will bless because I've blessed you. A big dream will cause a domino effect. Others will begin to change their course once you begin to pursue the dreams that God has placed on your heart. First Kings 3, 5 through 6 says this. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. What do you want? So God appeared to Solomon and this was Solomon's kind of spirit filled request back to God. God said, what do you want? Solomon said this. He said this. He said, Solomon replied, you show great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and um, true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. So Solomon is talking about himself. First Kings three uh, verse 10 says this. The Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. So Solomon asked for wisdom So God replied, 
because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for long life or wealth or death of your enemies, I will give you what you've asked for. Solomon asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for death of his enemies. He didn't ask for gifts or presents. He just asked for wisdom. That's all I ask for when it comes to leading this church. That's what you should ask for when it comes to a big dream. And it says this here, verse 12, I will give you what you've asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had ever or will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for because I know what you really want. I'm God. Don't get spiritually deep with God. Oh, just give me wisdom, Lord. No. No. I see your heart. I'll give you wisdom. But I know you want to chill. So I'm going to bless you. And he says this here. No other king in the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. So he asked for wisdom to lead. And what did this wisdom do? You don't, you don't need to, to ask God for this cataclysmic dream that Abram has. You need to ask him for wisdom to see what God is revealing to you. And then this is the result of it. First Kings 4, 34 says, And kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. A big dream expands your influence. People will begin to come to you to pour into their lives, their process, their singleness, their marriages, their career choices. When you have a big dream. A big dream. A big dream. I told the moving team, I can't pay you. I don't know if this can work. But for some reason, they continue to show up every Sunday afternoon and Tuesday night. It wasn't that I was special. I have a, a bachelor's in molecular and cellular biology. I'm not even supposed to be a pastor. It was the pursuit of a big dream. That was practical. It's kind of funny because it's doable, but it's not without God. But the reason I'll follow you is because I'm convinced that it will and it can happen. You got a big dream. And you live like it. And you walk like it. And you talk like it. And you study like it. And you dress like it. And you smell like it. And you look like it. And you smiling all the time. I don't know what it is, but I'm attracted to the big dream. And so kings from all nations came to Solomon to hear his wisdom because his dream was just to govern well. So God will send people. All of us want to be significant, right? Dream big. Dream big. A big dream will open doors. It'll provide miraculous opportunities. King, I call them kingdom connections. There are people that you're not even supposed to know that God's just going to put in your life simply because you have a big dream. Pastor Kyra and I, we're about to go on an eight-month uh, cohort where we meet with, oh, my God. We're about, we're about to be in the room with about 25 of the world's 
most awesome leaders and pastors for an eight-month period. Um, God is sending us to Nashville in November, Tampa in January, and then California in May. And these are all pastors who handle Jesus Christ, astronomical budgets that I can't even, you pull me into a room, I'll just shut up. I'm, I, we might have a quarter million this year, but I don't know anything about $50 million budgets. Uh, we're coming into a room where people started their churches with a million bucks because they were networked and resourced. Young black man, baby of 24 on my dad's side, baby of two on my mom's side, young Hispanic woman, parents divorced, had a baby out of wedlock, met Jesus, got a dream. Started our church with $13,000. And within two years' time, God is seeing fit to put us in a room where we don't belong. Because a big dream will expand your influence. No matter who you are, no matter your color, no matter your socioeconomic status, no matter how you started, a big dream from Jesus will get people looking your way and wanting to get close to you and wanting to pour into you, and wanting to lift you up, and wanting to take you places. You need a big dream. You need a big dream. If any of you have ever met me, you know, a couple things I ask you. Are you in school, blah, blah, blah? What are you doing over the next three years? Well, I'm just working. I know right there you don't have a dream. And that's a dangerous place to be. I know that means you're fearful of what can be. You're fearful of school debt. You're fearful what mom and dad's going to say. But you hate the current job you're at. Lord. And God wants to give you a big dream. I even want to talk to my divorcees in here. There's hope. This is the way you got to see it. They lost not you. There's someone out there who will love you, who will take care of your children. There's someone out there, and I didn't say that, you want a, you want a, you want a dream marriage? Let me, <laughs> this is how you get a dream marriage. You create a platform for your spouse. Baby, what are your dreams? What are you praying for? How can I sacrifice and support you? What are your gifts? What are your talents? What do you want to do? And it will reciprocate back to you. And she'll be, baby, what are your dreams? (laughs) Baby, how can I support you? And before you know it, you're just walking on up together on your platform. You need a big dream. (laughs) Slow stuff, man. That's why I can't talk to certain people. People think too small getting into week three. But you need a big dream. And, um, man, we got to get our kids. Last thing here, a big dream changes lives. 
who? If your dream is all about your success, it's not from God. Get out quick. A big dream will always impact others for the better. I want to show you this here in Genesis. I caught this. This is very interesting to me. Joseph was a young man who at the age of 17, God gave him a big dream. And I love it because we see a Joseph at 17 versus a Joseph that we see at 29. So watch this. Genesis 37, 5 through 6. (laughs) One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. And you got to catch this here. Joseph said this, listen to this dream. So at 17, Joseph was saying, listen to this dream. Listen to my dream. Genesis 40, verse 8. He's 29 years old. Let's fast forward 12 years. And they replied, he's in prison. So God has humbled him. He's in prison. These prisoners have had a dream. And here it is. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business. Then the mature Joseph said this. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. <laughs> I don't even know if you caught that, but I'll make it clear. When you begin to ask other people, how can I help you accomplish your God-given dreams? You got a big dream. I'm trying to say, oh, Lord, the spirit of God is trying to set you free today. Because if it's about your count, if it's about you, if you know that the underlying reason why you're helping someone is just to get richer, just to get more popular, just to get the promotion, just to get this. And God knows the motives. The Bible says that all of us are righteous in our own sight, but God knows the hearts of men. When you step into a place where you begin to ask, how can I help you fulfill your dreams? You're living in the big dream. You're living in the big dream. And I think of good news stories like um, uh, Kayla. She's sitting in the front row here. Uh, we, we, we thought about and prayed for the Kaylas and the Ashes and the Cesars and the Ants and the Lauras and the many of you. If you go back into our archive and you watch their good news series stories, it was always my prayer to say, man, what will it look like to create a church where marriages are restored? Understanding that the health of my marriage hinged upon us focusing on healing other marriages. How could we, when we were making $500, tithe 11% and give 55 bucks just so we could pay for a chair so a broken family could come into a church? All we're going to do is eat it anyway. But to know that boys and young girls have their fathers and mothers at home, that's worth my little $55. It changes lives. A big dream changes lives. 
And this is my last point. Y'all messed me up. I didn't have time to get into this. Your yes is the key to God's best, and we're going home. This is our uh, main verse of this, of this uh, series, Dream Big. Proverbs 29, 18, we're going home. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And that's where we're going to pick it up next week. We're going to talk about how to find out what God is revealing to you, how to take note of it. So in time, you can see what God has for you. Dream big, guys. God has a big dream for you. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of vision. You're the God of dreams. God, I ask right now that you would show us something that we've never seen before. God, many of us are struggling right now. We're called in routine. We're called in comfort. But God, give us a dream. Show us our purpose. Show us the scope of our impact. Give us the boldness to to pray and to dream dreams that you will bless and that you will give us the strength and the wisdom to step into. God, we love you with every head bowed. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to open up this opportunity for you. God loves you. He sent the son on a cross to die for your sins. You are not far from God. God is here. And so on the count of three, I'm just going to have you raise your hand to acknowledge him as your savior. The Bible says that those that are in him are new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. God can make you new today. So on the count of three, you just raise that hand. We're going to pray a prayer with you. God's spirit is going to make your heart his home. And he's going to give you a dream. On the count of three, one, two, three. Raise your hand high if you're coming to Christ. Every head bowed. See some tears. If you're coming back to Jesus, raise that hand. He wants to give you a dream. He wants to give you a vision. Praise the Lord. Come on, church, let's celebrate our two years. I love you. See you outside.